0: All right, welcome to the Triple H Podcast, also known as Hannibal's Horny Hibachi, a dinner party where each week we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's television show Hannibal. This week we're watching Apertif, the pilot episode which first aired April 4th, 2013. I'm your host Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd, and let's go around the table to introduce the rest of the party. I didn't even make a bio for myself. Oh, just take whatever comes to mind.
1: Okay, um... Hi, I'm JJ, I'm a local filmmaker, uh, artist, nerd, <laughs> and just, I, I declare myself a fan It's just, <laughs> it's bad, here we
2: are. <laughs> Alright, Michael, my name is Celeste, I love a good story, and yeah, so I never watched Hannibal before, and I barely know anything about it. but. Yeah, honestly, and I had no intention of watching it either, but... Sonia asked me to be on her podcast, and how can I say no to that face? <laughs> <laughs> we'll post pictures later.
0: <laughs> and I'm Sonia, also a nerd. I'm not sure if I go far enough to consider myself a Hannibal because I'm usually into true crime. As a like, it took me forever to watch Hannibal because I'm like, ew, it looks kind of like lame and like classy and pretentious. No, it's the same way. <laughs> and so when I finally watched it, I was really, really blown away by it, and it just was really awesome to watch. Oh, but before we get ahead of ourselves, uh, the pilot episode introduces us to Will Graham, who has just been recruited by the FBI to identify and locate the Minnesota to Strike, a serial killer that has been murdering teenage girls. So for me we okay for this part we intro with the crime scene of a killer we won't see again until the latter half of season three so spoiler there celeste oh, the serial killer hi, <laughs> the serial killer that will is uh is tracking is the great red dragon also known as francis Dollarhide in the books so that's not really that big of a spoiler <laughs> big red is one of my favorite killers in fiction and i started this podcast solely so we could talk about those episodes in about a year or so <laughs> but i wanted to ask you guys what was your first impression of the show's content or its aesthetic it's oh, aesthetic
1: jj you know uh, unfortunately i'm one of those people that's really sometimes slow to grasp <laughs> tv shows when i first watched it um, I'm kind of one of those people that binge-watched stuff. So when I first watched the show, I binge-watched the show. Mm-hmm. Like, one after the other, and I was like, oh, okay. And plus, I also, uh, my husband watched it first, so I already kind of came in every once in a while, so I already knew uh, season two's ending, too. So uh. I was like, but it didn't have any context for me okay. until I watched that first season, and then I was like,
0: <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So like, like uh, most of the show was already kind of spoiled for me, like the only reason mm-hmm. I started watching was from because it was still, my husband showed me from season two, and uh, Sonia will know, it's when they're in the stable, uh, that, that horse
0: episode. Oh yeah, okay, we won't give um, that one away,
1: it's the last, it's the horse episode and Hannibal's got a hand on Will and he's, he says, I could whisper into the chrysalis, and I was like.
2: And I saw that still, and I was like, oh, I'm missing something. So good. those were my first impressions on the show. Celeste. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, My first impression, like, like I said, I only know a little bit of what Hannibal is. And all I know is that, like, Someone eat somebody. <laughs> That's what I, I like went into, and I was like, "Oh gosh, this is going to be a gory show. This is going to be terrible. I'm horrible, of course. Why am I doing this?" But you know, I just like sat down, and just like the first couple of seconds, I just, yeah, it caught me hooked. <laughs> like the whole like beginning like sequence with like this oh like the leavin and a heartbeat. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is going to be a good show." <laughs>
0: Uh, well, when I first saw it, I was pr- totally prepared to be because it was all over Tumblr when I first started watching it, and it was one of those shows me and my friends would make fun of, of like, oh, it's all European and pretentious, and it's about vino, señorita, and stuff like that. And so when I first, oh, you know, like, <laughs> it's just like all like uh, it's just people making up French words to sound cool. I thought it was <laughs> like I was I was re- even though I'm a huge fan of like Red Dragon, Thomas Harris's book Silence of the Lambs, like the mm. movie and and Manhunter and everything, I, I think I really started to appreciate the show in terms of the psychological aspect of it because in the show, Will tells Jack that he is on the spectrum. Like, he asks him directly, like, are you on the spectrum? And he says, yeah, I have, a, I have Asperger's. And that's something that never goes away throughout the rest of the show. Like, he's always socially uh, isolated. Mm. He's always somebody who would, prefers the company of his dogs rather than people. Like, even people he later becomes super close to, he doesn't really open up in a traditional sense. So I really like that it was... Um, it was something that they kept getting... Like, he becomes bolder as the show goes on, but he doesn't completely come out of that... Like, he doesn't magically become this person who's, like, now throwing dinner parties with Hannibal sort of thing, where he's partying and such. So I like that they keep him very what's the word they keep him very they keep his his progression throughout the series a lot more uh, consistent like Mm -hmm. it's one of the really consistent things I love one of the things I love about the show is Will's consistency like he never acts in a way that isn't against who he is but I also thought that like at the beginning of the show I thought that was his crime scene at the beginning and I thought that he was gonna kill the dog that he picks up (laughs) like oh my god he's gonna kill and eat the dog (laughs) Like they're really going hardcore, and then he just like takes out the uh, takes out his little like a dog treat, and he gets him in the car. I'm like, okay, this is the part where he kills it, and then he takes him
2: home, and like there's 700 other dogs. I'm like, oh, the cutest little sled tea. <laughs> I actually thought something different during that scene. I thought maybe he was getting the like the head of the murder, and those dogs represent like the woman that's like you know being captured. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, just going to go sleep, and then he's going to wake up, and all these women like dead. Like women screaming like (laughs) on this floor and beside him sleeping on the dog. So so thank God, you know, you woke up and there's like dogs there. I'm like, I'm just looking (laughs) at you guys. What?
0: Well, I did like. Uh, well, I've seen the show before, uh, but I've never rewatched it, so this is my first time rewatching it. So I was finding a lot of things that I I actually email uh, text uh, JJ when I was watching the first episode. Because um, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but there's that scene where Hannibal's eating right for the first time we meet oh, him. The first time we meet him. He, yeah, for the first time he, he and he never eats meat that isn't human, and so I'm like, oh my god, is he eating human meat? And then I I text JJ and I'm like. <laughs> Who's he eating? And then they cut uh, to the next scene where they they mention that his secretary is has left, and so they imply that he's. And they confirmed it that I didn't she that. Yeah, that, yeah I didn't. that he's eating his secretary. I'm like, how bad was she? Like, <laughs> Did she like mistype or
1: something? Well, I think that uh, one of the specula- I think that uh, somebody asked uh, Brian Fuller, that the creator of the show, about that, and he said. Um, like He never actually wrote it, but he thought about it, and his thoughts were the secretary actually fell for Hannibal, and Hannibal's like, I can't have this. (laughs)
0: so So we can take care of that wow also this is something that was going to come up in the next episode i was uh we're totally jumping ahead but uh like how many darn serial killers are active in this show because like it'll become like commonplace it'll become more obvious as the season goes on but there's always a serial killer active with like a really horrible gimmick i'm like like are like how is the fbi not being defunded for what's going on i think
1: there's uh, to at the beginning of the show like uh i think they were still trying to find their footing <laughs> what kind of show they were going to be because mm-hmm. uh season one is the only one that does the monster of the week mm-hmm. And then they kind of just never explain that again. <laughs> season, season there's reasons for that, but still. I'm just kind of like, all right, so we, we got a Monster of the Week, and for some reason, all of these crazy serial killers are in, near Baltimore Maryland. Or maybe there's something in the
0: water. It's <laughs> uh, like Gotham City. It's there's, like... So <laughs> many, yeah, there's so many
1: psychopaths in one, in one little,
0: like, yeah. little town. Does, it, is it like, just, does Will draw them in like Batman draws in horrible criminals? Or are they there because... We, I don't know. It's just weird. Cause I'm maybe, like...
1: It, it, it's very possible because it's uh, also the, uh, where the FBI are, you know, Quantico. So, know. and they say one of the one things that psychopaths are drawn to is law enforcement. So, that's a you big you can, can yeah. kind of explain that away.
0: But. <laughs> well, uh, there's a serial killer, Edmund Kemper, who when he was in um, when he was in uh, the mental hospital, he got uh, he got in the in the good graces of the psychologist who was working there, and he ended up. Uh, being left alone in the office. So Edmund Kemper would go through the the files and see how best to answer psychological profiles so he would look like he was quote unquote normal so he could pass those tests and be um be able to continue what he was doing without getting caught. So I love that idea that they continue it where Hannibal has such a close relationship with the with the police, with FBI that it's like he knows like what everybody's doing so if they ever get close to him he can be like, Okay, I'm out like sort of thing. Uh-huh. So I'm like, "Jesus, this is such a good show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like
1: like I'm jumping ahead when I say like,
0: at one point, he will leans over to Will and says, this is very educational. <laughs> I've seen the GIF. Or the GIF. Is it was a GIF? We were just talking about the We were just talking about that. You're about GIF. GIF. Okay. Yeah, we're It's girls. GIF. Okay. We'll say But I like, again, going back to the Asperger's thing, I was looking it up to, because I, I am a psychology grad. Even though I only went up to undergrad, I was going to go to grad school to become a forensic psychologist, but then I found out that that's a really hard job that results in a lot of PTSD. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But but um, he, like, I love that Will has a near me obsession with psychotic killers, and his attention to detail combined with his absolute dislike of people was a total textbook definition of Aspergers. Like, I like that they don't make it. Um, they do, in some ways, make it his superpower, but they don't make it is hard on him. Like, because he has mm-hmm. trouble connecting with people, and I really like that they don't make it. Um, like, uh, Gorin in Law and Order Criminal Intent is obviously... he He's also on the spectrum, but he is... Like, it's more of a... He can see the world properly. Like, he's one level above everybody. But with Will, it uh, is actually a, a problem for him. Like, uh... Well, we're jumping ahead to episode two, but... There's that scene in episode two where everybody's clapping for him when he, uh... Killed the Shrike when he goes back to his lecture hall. Yeah. And there's that scene where he's like, okay, stop it. Like, it's really... You could see visibly that it's making him uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, like, that... It's something... That continues to go on, but yeah, like it's it's pretty cool. Like I don't know, I love Will. <laughs> well, I think like that's the only time too that they mention that the
1: the in the first episode is uh, Asperger's. How do you say it? Asperger's. Asperger's and autism. Uh, what I find interesting when I see that scene is, uh, or like the only reason I bring this up, I read to- okay, I read tons of fan fiction, and a lot, but, uh, <laughs> this is actually a very uh, common uh, argument a lot of the time in those stories is um, he says to Jack I'm on the spectrum of those two things. It has been suggested that he's lying so that oh. he can get away with his odd behavior and being anti-social. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to claim well actually I'm on the spectrum. of." The...
0: But he also yeah. has all those like um, those classic signs of it like obsessive interests in one thing and uh, like his like, not being close to people, being closer to dogs, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I could see, like, an argument for both. Mm-hmm. But I think he really is autistic, because they're, like, he doesn't... Like, did you see, remember that scene where Jack, like, like flinged his glasses up his, the bridge yeah, of his nose? I'm Like, like what so the cool. hell, Jack? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like,
1: right from the get-go, you get that feel from Jack Crawford that he is he's aggressive. He's know? not going to coddle
0: Will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: he won't coddle anybody, but, it, like, he has, uh, he has a mission, he has a goal. And he's one of those, like, dare we say, he's one of those psychopaths that. <laughs> that'll come up later. Right, Sorry. <laughs> right, it's no, okay. Um, but he's one of those personalities that just doesn't give, you know, two F's about anything. And just. Because, like, later in the show, he keeps doing it to everybody, especially mm-hmm. to Will. He's just like, this is what I want from you. Give it
0: to me. Yeah, it's, yeah he's, that like, a true. really good, um, what was it, a good mirror image of Hannibal. Because, like, as you see later in the show, Hannibal starts doing that to Will, too, in a more negative context. Mm. Like, obviously, in a negative <laughs> context, he's Hannibal. But, like, um, it's it's so weird that, like, I remember when I first saw that scene where he does that thing to his glasses. I'm like, what? Like, gives you the right to do that even if you do know him like leave him alone <laughs> he's like this little cute little indiana jones professor <laughs> like, he wants to be hanging out with his dogs so uh, uh celeste
1: can you tell us like uh where were your like uh as you're going i don't know if you have like uh oh. notes from the first episode but um, let's say what were some of your yeah like your first initial like uh thoughts why not going to the first episode? like just
2: like Throughout the whole episode,
1: uh, sure. well, we're we're mostly talking about like bits and pieces of it. Like yeah. we already know the show, like the back of our hands. So we'll, <laughs> Try to get to it. evidently not oh, but like the longest thing. As someone who's who's completely green to the show, uh, are you already familiar with uh, like the characters Hannibal from the movies or any of that?
2: No, I'm like a complete newbie going into this.
1: Oh, so you haven't seen the films? You haven't read books? No, nope.
2: nothing. Nope, completely new. <laughs> 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 touched for the very first time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah definitely like
1: uh what were your like first thoughts and like just
2: yeah. um i don't know well when, when um Will first like came on like like i kind of related to him like right away in a way with um like i know i wrote something here just about you no know, he'd rather not do something because he doesn't want to talk to people like I thought at first I thought that was just a, like a socially anxiety sort of thing until you know later he like learned more of his character and um but i I didn't really have like a an idea of him first I just know that I love him <laughs> <laughs> That's good, but I didn't know what his complete character is until like you know at the end of the episode and it was like, yes, he's gonna be my favorite. <laughs> I think what sold me was the, like the dog scene. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like, like he stopped in the middle of the street, like literally, he like right in between the like roads. Like this poor dog like running off. In the yeah. middle of the night, and he's like, "Oh, come here," and he like adopts him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yep, he's a sweet little baby angel." <laughs> That'd be so cute? I'm gonna all of protect that. him now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll like you'll it'll hurt, break your heart later. <laughs> oh <laughs> like great! Great. <laughs> <laughs> in a positive way. In a positive way. I just want
1: to add one note about Will which I find really interesting is like because um, uh, we were talking about him being on the spectrum but at the same time he's also defined as having the empathy disorder right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Which and is I, a superpower right? Yeah.
1: And I thought that was, I was like is that a real thing for the longest time I was like is that just a thing they made up in the show then I actually looked it up no it's an actual thing. Really? Um, yeah it's just you just immediately connect with somebody you, like maybe mm-hmm. it not, it'll, it'll probably be fleeting but yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they just, they can feel your feelings, they know, what you, they can empathize and sympathize, all overwhelmingly so. And there's some people who just, and and I think Will does it, or the actor Hugh Dancy does it very well. Like, where he's just, you know, he's got the cold sweats at night, he's got mm-hmm. the nightmares, because it just carries with him the whole yes. time. And, he, and it takes him a long time for him to shake it off. Mm-hmm. And I just... Yeah, I just, I didn't know that was a real thing, so
0: I just wanted to get a note of that. Well, now that you mentioned that, I think that's why him and Hannibal get on really, really, really fast, because of, not just because Hannibal's killing everybody, but, like, (laughs) but but because Will is trying to empathize with these killers, and who best to empathize with than Hannibal, who is a killer who hasn't been caught yet. So I really love that idea, that he, the reason they become such close, like, I wouldn't say friends, like, that doesn't really, like, close partners, I guess is Mm. a better word. Because, like, I, uh, it's just, I, I, I want to know, like, what do you guys think Hannibal season will? Hannibal, like, oh, jeez. <laughs> not to get into the fan um, tra- fiction. Not to, fact. not to get into <laughs> Hannigram. Oh, my God, that's the an episode
1: of itself.
2: Hannigram. It's so. uh, kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, that's the shipping
1: name. Anyway, I love that. It sounds- ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay. PSS
0: um, Hannigram, Yeah.
1: From, from what I've read and understood, like, uh, Hannibal, uh, like, uh, <laughs> fans like to say that it was uh, love at first sight. But I, like that's not quite accurate. Mm. What it no. is is, um, like, he meets Will, learns right away that, you know, hey, he's a, he's- you're an interesting fella. <laughs> and then he learns right away, okay, he has this empathy disorder. That means he has the power to understand me. Like, dare I? Dare I? <laughs> 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 and... And Who's to say, like, I don't know if Hannibal was thinking that far ahead, but I think he just definitely thought, like, this is an interesting person, I wonder, I wonder, and then hmm. we proceed from there.
0: And oh, that's kind of yeah. The whole
1: and then right from the get-go, uh, I guess we're jumping into, when does he go to see Hannibal? Uh, so Hannibal
0: actually doesn't show up until halfway through the yeah. episode. Yeah. Like, we meet Will, we meet Alana, we meet uh, Jack. Right. Oh, but he doesn't go to his psycho Psycheval
2: until episode 2.
0: Yeah, So he, because uh, Alana can't do it because she knows him, and I, I think she, she didn't want to do it because she she knew him, right? She didn't want to do uh, Will's psycho she, she has a
1: professional curiosity about him and doesn't think it's ethically right to, to
0: do that and be mm, his
1: friend at the same time.
0: Yeah. So. Whereas Hannibal's like, <laughs> I want to get do <laughs> both. Yeah. Every time I see Hannibal and Will in that, uh, in that, in their sessions, I'm always like Hannibal thinking to himself, "Man, I wish I could just go into your brain and walk around." <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal, like, stop like, looking so hungry at him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But it's um, one of the things I really liked in this episode, though. As a true crime nerd, um, when Will goes to, I believe Quantico, um, eh, not Quantico Chronicles, Quantico the school, but when they go to the forensics lab and they go over the list of known victims, there's the similarities between the girls that Will is suspecting that the killer is moving towards either one true intended victim or a victim he keeps wanting to kill over and over again. And so that bit really reminded me of Ted Bundy, who you said was one of your favorite killers. I have two favorite serial killers. It's uh, Ted Bundy and uh, Jack the Ripper. But Ted Bundy was a bit of a douche, so I don't really like him that much, other than the fact that he killed a bunch of people. He was kind of a douche. Canoe <laughs> in even. But oh, I'm um sure. <laughs> But yeah, like Ted was um Ted Bundy was a guy who killed possibly over thirty women and girls before he was executed by the state of Florida. Uh, in nineteen eighty nine. He was born November twenty fourth, nineteen forty six, to his unwed mother, who he was raised to believe was his sister. Uh, His grandfather was an abusive bigot who used to throw neighborhood cats around by their tails and beat their dog. Uh. Um, But in university, uh, Bundy fell in love with a girl named Stephanie who broke up with him after he dropped out of school due to his immaturity and lack of ambition. We all know a guy like that, but luckily he didn't end up like this guy. Um, (laughs) She told him that she didn't consider him husband material and the breakup devastated him. Or devastated him as much as you can devastate a psychotic asses such as him (laughs) but then Bundy then began a six year long con where he began to build himself into the sort of man that Stephanie wanted so politically active a law student an active volunteer etc etc they rekindled their relationship with Stephanie marveling over how much he had changed since they had broken up and they even began to talk about getting married so after Ted proposed and Stephanie accepted he immediately cut off all contact with her Uh, When she was finally able to get a hold of him, which I believe was about six months after he cut off contact, she asked him what was going on and he told her he had no idea what she was talking about and they never spoke again. He later said that he just wanted to prove to himself that he could have married her oh um, and many of Bu- this relates obviously so i'll <laughs> we'll get it to the point many of bundy's later victims would bear a like a really big resemblance to stephanie with the majority of them being attractive brunettes with hair they parted to the side like stephanie and it seems like ted was trying to live out a fantasy of brutalizing the one girl that rejected him so killing her in effigy basically. So if you want to learn more about Ted Bundy, check your local library. Um, but last, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but um, last podcast on the left has a really good episode, on a uh, few episodes on Ted Bundy. And Anne Rule's book, The Stranger Beside Me, is also super awesome. She was volunteering with him uh, right before he went on his killing spree. So she knew him. She actually believed he was innocent until it became incredibly apparent that he was killing people and burying them in the woods. And yeah, it was a really good book, though. I really like that. That was my true crime corner. <laughs> uh, but what, uh, like, what, uh, JJ for the fandom, like, what was the, what was some of the motifs in this episode that inspired fandom, do you think? Like, other than the napkins and <laughs> and suits at dinner time. I, well, you know,
1: uh, like, uh, because we, this is the first time we meet these characters, um, the fandom really love uh, playing with the idea that, yeah, like like I said before, that uh, that it was love at first sight. <laughs> Fandom just goes nuts over that, and there's arguments back and forth on the more platonic and the more romantic, and it's just, it's never-ending. Um, some of the favorite things, too, are, like, yeah, the dogs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whenever there's fiction written about Will, it's, it's him and the dogs, you know, it's just, <laughs> and he loves his dogs, and it's just... It's so cute. (laughs) Uh, I think the the most famous uh, dog um, that uh, appears in a lot of fan fiction... Winston? uh, Yeah, it is Winston, (laughs) but um, that's if the fiction takes place uh, before season three. Uh, Season three's ending. B.W. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then there's the fan fiction that makes up everything under the moon post-season three. Uh, It's called... uh, Stories after the fall. That's what it's called. Anyway, uh, in some stories, they, there's a famous dog called Encephalitis.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> man, a, people! Are I do started that. Oh, no. If, a, if,
1: there, if the, <laughs> the writers out there listening, <laughs> you <laughs> can claim who came up with that. But apparently, I read yeah, I read a bunch where that's like that's a popular thing. They get a they get a dog together and they name that dog Encephalitis. Cephy. That'll make sense <laughs> to you. Very (laughs) same, Celeste. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, some of the famous things are just like uh, yeah, like uh, uh, some of the famous gifts I've seen are the the pendulum.
0: Yeah and which i hated the first time like i didn't really like it's something from the books too and um they talk about it on the commentary but mm-hmm. i remember the first time i saw it i'm like man that's gonna get old pretty fast and then by episode three when it just keeps happening i'm like yeah <laughs> 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 something's about to go down <laughs> so. again that was one of those things
1: that just uh, uh sorry mm-hmm. it, it, it uh it, it rarely shows up again right mm-hmm. after season one mm-hmm. it's just uh, I, I guess, like I said, they were still trying to figure out the kind of show that they're trying to be. Um, so the, yeah, there's that, that's famous. Another thing is the color, the color palette of the whole show. Mm. And uh, I don't know how close of att- pay- paying attention <laughs> you all be doing Celeste, you might now. Uh, <laughs> each character has a color palette. You'll see it as they interact and whatnot, and uh, when Will's doing his, uh, his empathy, empathy thing, reimagining the crime scene as the killer, the color will change. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like, I've seen nerds talk back and <laughs> forth about those color palettes, and it's just...
0: Yeah, it becomes gold, right? Like, when it goes into his like, mind balance. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the contrast
1: just, like, boosts up, and it's really saturated. with like yeah, like like, gold and reds, and it's just these really odd colors, and I, I guess that's a way to help distinguish between the fantasy and the reality mm-hmm. for, for the audience. Uh, I personally,
0: I don't know if I needed it when things are like going in slow-mo and you're like, <laughs> It's, I, like I yeah, it it's kind of
2: obvious yeah. <laughs> something's going down <laughs>
0: It's like, ooh, someone's about to be killed yeah. But as I said earlier uh, you don't meet Hannibal until halfway through the episode and he's introduced um, eating a secretary at home alone <laughs> for some reason and he's wearing a suit by himself um, But also I really love how um, I don't know how Hannibal continues to get work if how he acts with Franklin is how he acts with all of his patients like like Hannibal's just sitting there like, oh my God will, will this hour ever be over <laughs> well and considering how annoying Franklin can be especially in later episodes I can see why but Hannibal I don't know like I've ha- like I've been in therapy and I'm like a lot more uh my therapists have been a lot more empathetic, if that, oh, that's the word of the day, by the way, but, oh, look, just, like, I just love the look he gives Franklin. Like, for, I guess Franklin's not noticing this at all, because he's seeing Hannibal as he wants to see him, but, like, I just love that look, and he puts the tissue on the table, and he's, like, like, not even pulling a face or anything, but you can see behind his eyes yeah, that he wants sure. to kill somebody. <laughs> it's definitely, like,
1: yeah, like an odd pairing of patient and uh, and uh, doctor, but um, they, they explain that later. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the but thing, yeah, thing too in the beginning. But and yeah, um, personally I think Hannibal is one of those I think people who as long as you can afford his session and you have been referred from another doctor that he holds in high regard, you'll probably make it through his door.
0: So How much do you think he charges an hour? Probably like that the rent on his office cannot be cheap. Like probably no, it
2: has to, like, like a ladder to go up like a level (laughs) for the library I mean that's fancy (laughs) those books are pretty old (laughs) like they're not
0: they haven't been discredited yet or they probably have been but he keeps them because they look cool Uh,
1: am I probably one step up from a lawyer uh, lawyers or something like what $300 an
0: hour yeah so he'd probably be like 400 or
1: 500 bucks an hour and he's nice. probably why the sessions aren't super long well and <laughs> probably
0: why he can handwrite each appointment because have you know like it's probably an evident in, I've in a later episode but he handwrites each person that's going to be in his office at a certain time and I'm like he would not be doing that if he didn't if he had a substantial caseload and I really like that attention to detail in that thing again it's like we're talking about later episodes because the, the whole thing is so multi-layered that like there's so many. Any callbacks to like different episodes and like you'll go back to them and yeah like because what happens in the, the season finale you go back to the first episode and you're like oh damn it <laughs> what did not I see that coming <laughs> I'm kind of excited for that now <laughs> it's really good I really love the show that's, I said
1: that that's interesting you say that too like my actually my first thought about him handwriting everything was a way that there's no digital paper trail for anything
0: yeah something he um, can't burn yeah and that's like great. and
1: all that data is in his office or in his head you know, like in those books. And so I'm just like, so I thought of that more as a practical thing, <laughs> considering <laughs> what Hannibal is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was quite clever. And not to mention his upbringing. So, like.
0: Oh, right, yeah. Are we, we thought, going by the Hannibal Rising uh, storyline or are we going by the in show storyline, probably? I'm, I'm still sticking with in
1: show. Okay. It's, it's kind of implied that uh, he probably, you know, probably raised himself. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he's always liked. Uh, you know, the finer things in life, and he probably taught himself that, so it's just, or he hung out with people to uh, get that kind of upbringing.
0: Oh, like the John Connor type thing where his mom dates people who could teach him something. Like, so he hangs out with people who can teach him something. that Well, yeah, out.
1: like, uh, the, one of the main things with serial killers is most of the time they will, and psychopaths, is they will find people that they can get something from.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. who's to
1: say if they ever got anything from him, but uh, he'll find things.
0: Something from you that he needs, and, and then once he has it. Away you go. Well, that includes me too. Like yeah, right. to me, he <laughs> hates to get something from now. But I also like. Um, this is jumping a little bit to the end of the episode, but I like. This is the start of the show presenting Hannibal in a vampiristic way. Um, they mentioned in the in the uh, in the commentary for the episode about how Hannibal has to be invited into to Will's um, Will's mm-hmm. hotel room, and I really like that because they continue it in the next episode too. Like. Uh, he eats people. He dresses all fancy. He's European, of course. He's a vampire. So <laughs> I to keep saying about European, but yeah, it's. Just, um, I also have this question for you guys. When does he have the time to cook? Because he's obviously busy at his at his. Because um, he mentions to Will that he he's very particular about what goes into his body. So that means he cooks like each meal, every single day. Seven days a week. Does he ever take a break? Where does he find the time? Does he do it all in the morning? Does he do it all on Sundays? I guess we kind
2: of like talked about this a little bit. Um, I think maybe he cooks at night and just like sort of like put it in Tupperware and like put it away (laughs) for the day. Well, did he see his Tupperware in this scene? He had, yeah.
0: like, um, ceramic Tupperware. I'm like, jeez, that's hardcore. He has so much and money. so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, he's such a fancy man.
1: Well, like, you also got to keep in mind, too, like, uh, like, uh, like I said, you know, he, he's a uh, serial killer, psychopath, and a lot of them, to make sure that they don't get caught, they have to have routine. They have to mm. be able to cover up their tracks if they need to, and I think he has his own schedule in his head, and that's how he gets everything done. And, you know, whenever you see him cooking all this stuff, or whatever whatever he's doing, you know, you're seeing his personal moments, you're, you're, you're seeing him, and he's by himself. You know, like, you could tell he doesn't really do friends, he doesn't really do anything else, because otherwise we'd see that. Mm-hmm. And whenever he is interacting with other people, it's carefully orchestrated. You know, he plans what uh, he'll probably say. If he wants a conversation to go a certain way, he'll steer it that way. So. It's. It doesn't surprise me that he can get that all done because you forget like when he's not with everybody else in the show, you, or if he's not at work in therapy, he's by himself.
0: Like always mm. preparing himself to be always better. preparing
1: for something else. Putting on his person suit. <laughs> 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 That'll
0: come up later. Oh, uh, but I. One thing I thought that was gonna annoy me as the show goes on, um, I. Uh, but i thought it was gonna get lame after a while but it still gets funnier and funnier every time it happens i love how long they linger on what's obviously human flesh in in his food like even if they don't show him preparing (laughs) it i love that they're like okay you could tell by this shot that that's a human being in there because like there's that scene in uh, will's hotel room where they look at the scrambled egg and like there's the sausage in it right and they they linger on it for a second you're like okay (laughs) we're <laughs> about to put a person in his mouth <laughs> so. oh, Did
1: you watch that scene and see that Hannibal watches him eat first before he takes a bite of his own food yeah he's kind of dirty yeah, that. The, and I think that pertains to again the interest in Will it's like
0: will he know yeah.
1: Yeah, can he tell or can he like mm. anything and the only thing he says is this is delicious and that's enough to make him like go his like light spark like in his yeah eye. just that extra little bit of
0: Yeah, it's like that song from uh, Lady and the Tramp. This is the night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, um, but again, going back to the commentary, um, they talked about um, portraying the violence in a realistic fashion, which I really like. The um, shooting someone is never clean. Uh, people don't get shot and immediately go down. Like it takes, um, I think, three shots to kill the husband in the Red Dragon scene, and it's really bloody and it's really gross. And uh, there's a scene where. Um, uh, will imagine strangling imagine strangling strangling a victim and it's not easy like she doesn't just like go ah, and and she's gone it really he really has to work at it like not to do the hand gestures he <laughs> like, really has to work at it but I like that they don't um, they don't hold back from showing it because uh, it's like he, any other crime show would show it as like this realistic fun thing like oh my god like Hannibal's is shooting everybody off and that was one of the problems I had with. Uh, the movie Hannibal, because like he kills people so easily, and I really hated that because it's it. There's a reason why people can still survive getting their throat slit or they're uh, getting shot in the head or something like. And so I really appreciate that that they continue this realistic idea, even when they get to the weirder plat, uh, the weirder tableaus of victims in later in later episodes. I like that they continue to make it as realistic as possible, so they don't make it sexy. Because I had a teacher in university, who said, I don't want you to use a gun in your script, because guns are too easy. Like, guns solve a problem too easy. So I want you to solve it another way. And I like that. Like, it's pretty cool. Especially that scene where uh, the Shrike uh, slits Abigail's throat. I like how the blood sprays. That's so cool. I just love that. It's like, (laughs) it's like, oh, but it just looked cool. I just love that violence is never, um, despite the content of the show about being a, romanticizing basically a serial killer i don't know if it's romanticizing but you start rooting for hannibal at the end i like that they don't make his violence anything that's something you aspire to if that makes sense like i don't like that a lot of shows make you want to be the serial killer you like hannibal because he's killing horrible people like you you don't like any of the people he ends up killing and but the violence remains horrifying like i love that like, even me as a gore hound, I'm like, ew, it's terrifying. Like, somebody, just like, some woman just bled out on her steps and, like, Hannibal's eating people. Like, it's still gross. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, it's like, just to speak to the fandom on that point is that uh, that's probably one of the biggest things uh, between people who enjoy the show platonically and then those who see the, the, the romance between Will and Hannibal. They argue that um, that is very unhealthy, this re- a romantic relationship existing there and uh, just, yeah, yeah romanticizing the a serial killer basically is what uh, depending on what branches of fandom you go to some of them completely do that mm-hmm. and just almost take away character canon and they slip in their own fantasy of Hannibal and Will and you know, you read one or two of those for for fun. Whatever it's called, fluff half the time,
0: <laughs> which uh, is horrifying <laughs> considering the content. Well, exactly, <laughs> and that's
1: what a lot of the other half of the fandom have a huge problem with. It's like it's like you realize that's not healthy at all. Mm-hmm. Like you basically are those women that write to like Ted Bundy and like like all that in to the real serial serial killers in prison. That's what you women sound like. <laughs> or men. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a media. Who are we kidding? I'm glad to end up it's the women. But anyway. But yeah, like that's just one, uh, like the two halves uh, of the fandom. And I'm not going to say which spectrum I fall in. I kind of bounce all over the place. But anyway, um, that's just one note I just wanted to make about the fandom. That's one of the two major arguments, is how people want to enjoy the show for what it is, and then there's are those who take... Just one step further, kind of in an
0: unhealthy way than... The people who would be sending letters to Ted Bundy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No insult to you girls, I can understand it. I'm into, like, the Penguin uh, Riddler on Gotham right now, so I understand (laughs) that horrible side, but, like... I, I guess it's the safety of being in such a dangerous and um slightly sinister relationship I think that's why people enjoy Hannibal and Will because it's that dark side of um he can't be tamed but he could be tamed by you sort of thing I'm like but it's a Will you're not Will <laughs> like so that just like I the romanticizing of Hannibal is something I don't really get just because I he is a scary person and I'd hate to see what he does to Will Like, like, as the season goes on, you see what he does to Will. And I'm like, how can you romanticize that? (laughs) So, Well,
1: and also, uh, um, one of the arguments, too, I've read is, uh, it also depends where you jump in in the Mm storyline for the argument of um, later on. What Hannibal is doing is grooming Will to be his equal. Like, he already sees him as an intellectual. uh, He sees the potential. He sees the potential in him. But he thinks, you need to get to this level. Of Hannibal, to be my equal and then we can be partners.
0: Therefore my soul mate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is
1: why Hannibal does what he does and then later on we know the other crazier stuff that he does. But that was kind of his goal mm-hmm. was to make him his equal and that's kind of why it it can, it can seem unhealthy if you only think of the earlier stuff that Hannibal does. It isn't until later when Will starts coming into his own. We get into that whole arc. And then season three. <laughs> <laughs> and there are yeah, only on Yeah, season uh, three. I can't we'll- wait for you to get there, <laughs> oh my god! We'll be
0: there in like about a year and a half. <laughs> All right. Um, but one of the things that I, I loved about this episode, last thing I'll mention this is also the most restrained we will see hannibal dressed and that includes in his pjs and later episodes where he's wearing like (laughs) silk and stuff and to bed and he's wearing like everything he wears is so expensive like it probably is worth more than my rent on my apartment right now (laughs) and i learned from the commentary that they never wanted to dress hannibal in black because he would prefer the beauty of color like he uh, he's like a like a glutton for beauty Is what I really like thinking him as, and so as we go on further and further into the series, his clothing gets a little bit like I don't know. It works for him. Like some of the suits he wears, like are something that you would never see in real life and think, "Wow, that looks great," or you'd think, "Oh my god, like did they get dressed like blindfolded or in the dark?" But they work for Hannibal. I don't know why. I (laughs)
2: his clothes. I think he looks damn fine.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and all that plaid? <laughs> I know,
0: but I, I like that. how Mitch ma- mishmash his ties and his his shirts and his and his collars. <laughs> but, and okay. it, but it works. But uh, did you notice that he's parallel with Will in that? Will mm.
1: wears plaid, and so does he. He only starts wearing clad
0: after he meets Will too like so you notice it yeah like that whole like oh he's gonna start dressing like his boyfriend Well it's just like it
1: just shows that they're, they're like the two ends of the same <laughs> same thing right but it's like but also you could say that's part of his person suit and he, he only seems to dress kind of like uh, a certain way depending on who's who he's gonna have company with that day so Oh okay um, So it's also like hmm. you're well like just think about it you, you were saying how that uh you didn't like it if you actually met hannibal in a room you would probably be just completely distracted by his suit then
0: mm-hmm. then he's
1: like good i have you distracted and i mm-hmm. can
0: he's gonna make ah. my brain into some sort yeah. of case. so it's all genius. part of
1: it's all part of his facade damn
0: it jj stop this I'm, <laughs> blowing my mind <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <sorry.
1: laughs> I'm just like whoa <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Like, uh, like uh, when I talk about the fandom, mm-hmm. uh, there's the good mm-hmm. and the bad. And then there's also, like, the people who literally, there's some who talk Analyze about... Analyze it, the, yeah. Yeah, they talk about the color palettes. They talk mm-hmm. about the wardrobe. They talk about the art. You know, they talk about the dialogue. And they and they just, and uh, how the show parallels with, like, uh, Interview with the Vampire. Uh, you know, he, he uh, Hannibal's uh, Lestat.
0: Oh yeah, blue, blue. I, wait, you can Abbey cut it up I'm going to mention that in the next one. But <laughs> Oh, we'll get to it, it. <laughs> We can talk more about
1: that yeah. that's, Again, that's one of the things we can talk about How the show also parallels a bunch of other stuff like mm-hmm. that, And you see those same themes from those stories In this show
0: Yeah, like I love um, how much dialogue They totally take from Red Dragon The book which is something I really... Like, Red Dragon's one of my favorite books. I know, like, I was listening to a p- other podcast earlier where they were throwing shade at it, and I'm like, oh, don't make me come over there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that Dollarhide is one of my favorite killers because of how similar to Will he is. I think he's Will... Uh, if Will hadn't had any support. Like, it makes it sound oh, terrible. Yeah, yeah like, it, we'll get to Dollarhide later, but still, like, it's it's something that's really fascinating to me is how they humanize these horrible monsters. Like, because you could see... Um, you could see how horrifying Hannibal is as a person. But you, I like that they humanize him. Like in season, two, at the end of season two, you can see that. And at the, end, at the beginning of season one, where he wants to connect with Will. Like I like that aspect of the show because it's like it's so easy to portray people as monsters, but it's harder to make you feel for them. Because I've only ever really hated Hannibal once and I'll tell you when that happens. <laughs> Remind me oh, when we get there. Is that soon? No, or... it's probably in like season two. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because I've never hated Hannibal until season two like that like there's an actual point I'll tell JJ about it later but there's an actual point where I was I realized that I I hated Hannibal as a person like I love him throughout season 1 cuz he's funny um, he makes really good food. I actually learned how and to make... good puns. F- yeah. <laughs> I like that, like, it never gets old. Like, if anybody else other than Mass Mickelson had been playing Hannibal, it would not have been as funny because he just, like, plays it so well when he does those stupid puns. It's like, oh, I see you, man. <laughs> so, okay, for this episode, everybody, who was your favorite character and why?
2: Well, I think I already explained that well like <laughs> my favorite character. Especially <laughs> so since, like... I know they mentioned something how his like imagination is his gift, and I I don't know I thought that was so fascinating. Like Will is such a interesting character. I think I like wrote something here too. Like both Hannibal and Will are such like different like refreshing characters, and that's probably why I love them so much because they don't really see them. They're such like interesting new characters to me, and that's probably why I like them so much. Like. You told me like you asked me who's my favorite character and who's like my least favorite and like Lil's up there and Hannibal's like down there But I don't exactly like you know, like hate him because he's still like, you know such an interesting character to me mm-hmm. um, Yeah.
0: Okay. How about you
2: JJ? Well, because I'm me
1: <laughs> My favorite character uh, is Hannibal mm-hmm. just uh, I think he's just so darn cool and and uh, his person suit, anyway, is the person I aspire to be in life. <laughs> Other than the, uh, the person that everyone thinks he is. <laughs> that person I aspire to be. Just, you know, uh, intelligent, well coordinated, uh, suave, just charming and. Really just,
0: educated. Yeah, you? really
1: educated and just always knows what to say, you know, and just. I just He's just so darn cool. He's my favorite. Uh, right from the get go, my least favorite was Jack Crawford.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He just seemed like uh, the most pushiest guy, and uh, actually almost had a tie, and it's really weird. I think I'm just jealous. Alana uh, uh, Bloom. <laughs> oh. Which I love, she is that uh, she's a gender switch. In the book, she's actually Alan, Alan Bloom. Bloom. Yeah. Oh. In the show, then she became Alana, so I thought. Yeah, this whole this whole series is basically fan fiction. It's an alternate universe. Of, well, yeah, it's an alternate universe, universe.
0: of Red Dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: so so yeah. Anyway, like uh, I kind of hold uh, at least from the first few episodes, Jack Crawford and Alana Bloom kind of in the same. Just because they both seem to they're not really helping Will. Like yeah, they're I know, playing
0: with a person's life.
1: Yeah, yeah, like Alana is sympathetic certainly, but. She doesn't seem that helpful either. Like she flat out says, Go talk to Hannibal, you know. <laughs> later. And Jack Crawford, yeah, right away was like, I need you to help figure this out. Hmm. And
2: people you know, are dying, yeah. And mm-hmm. half the
1: time I'm like, Jack, how did the hell did you become the head of behavioral sciences, right? Like yeah, you don't seem to
2: know anything.
0: <laughs> he's screaming at that guy in the bathroom. Yeah.
1: Use <laughs> like, the, the ladies room. <laughs>
2: And the guy does it. <laughs> so does it. And I love that bathroom. Oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, the shining He bathroom. was, like, so ready, to Like, his zipper was down. Like, he was ready he was, to like, go. Yeah. <laughs> is that what men act in the bathroom? Wow.
0: Like, oh, geez jeez. Like, open your pants away. Man, so much of the
1: show. <laughs> but, yeah, that's me. Like, so, yeah, my favorite channel and my least favorite is, uh, yeah, Jack, Fra- Jack Crawford and
0: a blue. <laughs> okay. Well, my favorite to go with Celeste is Will. Um, I think Will's frig- I'm probably gonna say this too. The fragile nature of Will is such an awesome contrast to the usual crime drama protagonist, like Goran in Law and Order: uh, Criminal Intent. Like it's some. It's cool to see him at odds with what makes him a great person. Like what makes him talented. Um, I was reading this book called uh, Lonely Section of Hell, which was written by one of the lead investigators of the Robert Picton investigation, and one of the big things in that book was that she suffered really bad PTSD, and and uh, actually ended up leaving the force because of the work she was doing on that case, and I like that um, as the series goes on, um, Will starts developing a lot of a really bad psychosis in terms of what he's facing what he thinks is going on how he feels that everybody's against him well not against him but he senses that the world around him is crumbling and i really like that they portray it in such an honest way Working in this sort of environment where Will is trying to find the Shrike and Will is trying to solve these gruesome murders is so taxing on him and as an individual. And I really like that they portray that that aspect of Will's personality to that extent. Mm. So it's really fascinating to me. I really love that. Like it's it's a hard job. Like that's why I didn't go into forensics because you you see horrible things. Like I was reading about this guy who was his job was to all day look at child porn. And I'm like, how do you go home after you see that? Like, it's something that I am really fascinated by, and I'm really glad they tried to re- portray that realistically in the show. Um, I'm glad that JJ said she didn't like Atlanta because I don't, did, I don't either. Um, I think I'm basing this on like the later seasons because we know what ha- we know. The, we've seen the whole show, and so. Um, I probably I hope that I don't get killed for hating on Alana. Um, so uh, to so to be fair I'll say that I didn't like Garrett Jacob, Jacob Hobbs cuz ho- like you you see his house at the end right? man his house is ugly like it's just like all wood and like terrible like vinyl stuff on the floor it's like a really horrible 1970s house so i'm like
2: eh.
0: well, i'm sure he didn't design it so. himself <laughs> but he lives there
1: so he had a wife too you never know had so
0: that could have been she could have been terrible but um uh, but for food, that protein scramble looked really good. I'm really excited about that. Like, it's one of the least pretentious things that he makes on the show, Hannibal makes on the show. And it's really cute. Like, I I would love to see him make, like, eggs in a basket or something. Like, something cute. I want to see him make something, like, uh, like he, I don't know if they, he <laughs> makes desserts on the show, but that would be so... I wish they did that. Like, you see him make food that real people would eat. With real people in them, I guess. <laughs> real people <laughs> food. <laughs> Zing. Nice. All right. I just want to say one thing. Okay, <laughs> okay. Before we get about food. I want to talk about food. I'm going to about
2: food. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> well, cut me for that part. Okay. Uh, for. What the hell did he make? Oh, he made uh, lung uh, lung and wine sauce. Ooh. But it's cooked like uh, beef bong and gnoc. And uh, that's probably like one of my favorite foods in there. (laughs) I I remember trying beef uh, bouguignon in a restaurant once, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like butter, and it's melting in my mouth." (laughs) And like, I like morbid, morbidly, I can't say morbid. Um, I disturbingly thought, "Fuck!" Excuse me. (laughs) We can swear. Okay. I disturbingly thought, "Ah, geez, I wonder what this would taste like if Hannibal cooked (laughs) it." And if I was still ignorant of what the meat was.
0: <laughs> well, I'll say that now. Like, knowing what I know now about the show, I still eat what he gave me. I
1: know. Yeah, That's not the first time you said that. No, I agree. I, I thought, like, you know what? If I was just a, just a little bit ignorant, I'd be just like, this is delicious. Hannibal, thank you. <laughs> just
2: have me some wine. <laughs> Actually, I ate some meat after watching this show, and it felt weird. <laughs> I was, I was like, like, this is chicken, right? This is not human. Well, like, do you know that thing about uh, somebody said that human meat tastes like
0: pork so now I can never eat ham again no I'm lying I'll, I'll eat some
2: Christmas i eating yeah, Christmas ham how but can so you not i just be thinking about that really
0: I was
1: I read somewhere that human tastes a lot like have you ever eaten uh liver oh. uh not chicken liver uh beef uh beef liver cow oh. liver mm. no nope. there's a then I would not like human meat okay uh, <laughs> I, well I remember uh, good when to I was know, Sonia <laughs> Totally fun. I got tricked into eating uh, liver once when I was a kid. And when I first tried it, I was like, this tastes different. This is like my dad was telling me it was something else. And I was like, "This it doesn't taste like what you say it is. And then later afterwards, after I've eaten it all, he's like, that was actually liver.
0: And I was like,
1: was and I tried it again when I was adult. And I was like god damn <laughs> so apparently <Fair. laughs> I would like what Hannibal is.
0: but okay so All right. I guess we can Enjoy. we can do to the end of the show yeah, yeah. Okay. so where can we contact you guys on Tumblr Facebook or Twitter Probably <laughs> not on Facebook but <laughs>
2: okay. Facebook is for friends not good. You first have- I actually did not prepare anything because oh. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter I do have a Tumblr and if you don't mind like checking out like random fandom blogs you can find me at um, Satu bear <laughs> Tumblr. I didn't, yeah, I did not prepare No, oh, that's Sonya. okay. <laughs> I could probably do a better one next No, it's episode. all right.
0: This is the first episode anyway. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: we'll probably post it on the thing. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, so I got like a million things. Uh, so you can find me uh, on Twitter as JJ Neeps. Uh, you can also find me on Tumblr as JJ Neeps. So I'm actually not that hard to find. Uh, same <laughs> thing with yeah, same thing with uh, Instagram, and I have my own uh, thing on Facebook. Uh, if you do want to be friends on Facebook, message me first, saying <laughs> you heard the podcast and you would like to be friends. That's the only way I'll accept you. Otherwise, I just kind of delete, delete, delete.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah, hit hit me up with a message if uh, want if you want to ask us anything, if you want to uh, mention anything in the in the podcast, we'd love to bring on
0: any of our few listeners in the beginning. <laughs> People.
2: Come on. Down.
0: <laughs> uh, but for Sonia, I am Honey Underscore child on both Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, we started a Twitter for this podcast. It's uh, HH. Hibachi uh, on Twitter. Um, and we have uh, an email address too, Hannibal's Horny Hibachi, all one word, at gmail.com. So if you want to contact us or have any notes for the show, just send us an email there. I'll keep checking it, hopefully. <laughs> so I don't, I have another email that I use for my film uh, business too, so I usually go like two weeks without checking. So if it's important, <laughs> message us on Facebook
2: <laughs> or send a message on Twitter, please. Not like, I'd love yeah, to hear I from didn't you guys. i an email. If you oh, do send yeah. us emails, you should totally like give us a joke cuz that'll be awesome.
0: <laughs> and this is a personal one. Uh somebody please write uh Francis Dollarhide Chil- Chilton fan fiction from season 3. I can't find any and it's making me really really sad cuz I'm going to have to write it. But anyway, okay. <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>